Hallelujah. A very Merry Christmas from myself as well. Um, hope you guys will have a lovely, lovely day. So, without further ado, let's open our Bibles into Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1. It will not be on the back, so maybe if you can look on your cell phones or if you just want to listen, then you are more than welcome to follow Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Um, and it came to pass that in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ Jesus our Lord. Who is Christ Jesus the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, this is the story reported on by Luke, a story that is very much under attack today, a story that is very much wanting to be proved to be wrong, that it didn't exist, that the birth of Christ never happened in the first place, that the whole story of Christ was wrong. Um, I've read somewhere that a Christian employee was fired because she refused to greet customers with happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Uh, a school in America, I read, was sued because they put up Christmas decorations and failed to include the Muslim holiday of Ramadan. They had to put up a special decoration for Ramadan. At an airport, a Christmas tree was displayed. They were sued by a man who won the right to display a menorah for the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Again, the story of ours, the story of Jesus, is so much under attack. In 1967, a holiday was created to celebrate, uh, to be celebrated as Christmas time. They called it Kwanzaa. It was created by a man named Ron Everett, who later changed his name to Dr. Karenga, and began practicing African traditions for Black Americans in the United States. They say that the, the situation at the Capitol building in Washington got so crazy with people wanting to do away with Christmas that a, group, um, that a group wanted to put up a sign celebrating Festivus, which was a made-up holiday from the old Seinfeld show, um, which used to play back in the day. Now, again, I don't mind, as a born-again believer, I don't mind people celebrating whatever they want to celebrate. It's the elimination of the actual meaning of Christmas 
that we should have a problem with, which should concern us. Now this morning I want to take a look at what life would be like without Christmas. What would your life be like if there never was a Christmas? If Christmas never happened, there would be no family gathering. We would not leave our current countries and go to our home countries or go to our home villages. If, if Christmas never happened, there would be no Christmas gifts, um, no nice things, no gadgets, no things that people like to get on these days. If Christmas never happened, there would be no traditions, holiday traditions. There would be no Christmas carols. There would be no decorations. There would be no Christmas trees, no lights, no nice food that we eat, nothing. And children would have to go to school the entire month of December. Without Christmas, December 25th would be just another normal day like any other. Some of us go to work, the kids go to school, we come home, we do whatever we used to do. But when Jesus came, he, thought, he taught his followers to love God, but also their neighbors. To live out this idea, his followers invented the idea of organized charity. So this is now when Jesus came. It was the early Christian communities that stressed support for widows. They started it. It started in the Christian community um, that, that, that stressed support for orphans, the sick, and the disabled. It was the early Christians that started it. They organized efforts to help those who were dying. They built, staffed, and paid for hospital, the early Christians. In recent times, Christ's followers have founded virtually every charitable organization there were on earth including the Red Cross, it was found by Christians, the Salvation Army was found by Christians, World Relief, World Vision, we all see many times adverts of World Vision on, on, on TV, the Samaritan Purse was also found by Christians, Food for the Hungry as well, as well as Compassion International was also found by Christians. Without the birth of Christ, education would have a different, a very different view today. Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, and almost every one of the 123 American colleges and universities um, founded were founded by Christians. It's hard to imagine today that schools now teach evolution and deny, these schools deny the very existence of God. It's actually debate against it. I read an article uh, a month or two ago that in um, Harvard University, who used to be a prestigious Christian university, their, um, um, their chaplain is now a, uh, is a is an atheist chaplain um, that is working on the on the campus there and um, pastoring the students in that sense. Um, if there had never been a Christian a Christmas, much of the good in this world would be missing. Much of the good you've experienced in your own life through other people would have been missing. But without Christmas, something far worse wouldn't have happened. Without Christmas, Jesus would not have come. I don't even want to think about a life without the birth of Jesus as a man. He came as one of us. I want you to think about this for a moment. If he never came to this world. In John chapter 1 verse 1 he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. 
if Christ's birth never happened, we would still be in darkness today. And you know what happens in darkness. All kinds of ungodly things happen in the darkness. Here was the Creator. There from the beginning of time. The one that everything was made and nothing was made without. The light on man. And He chose to come to earth as a fragile, vulnerable human being. To build a relationship with us. Why would such a sovereign being do that for us? What possible motive could he have had to come and endure such scorn and ridicule? The king of all kings, the ruler of all nations. What, what would his motive be to come and do this? To go through the pain of the cross only to be rejected by the very people he died for. Why would he do that? Only one reason that I can think of. And it's found in John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The condition is that we believe in Him in order to inherit everlasting life. The condition is that we believe in His birth, in His resurrection, in order for us to have everlasting life in Him. It was purely the love of God that brought that baby to earth 2,000 years ago. It was His desire to have His creation dwell with Him and worship Him. We cannot understand the depth of God's love for us. It is incomprehensible to our little minds that anyone, much less our Creator, could love us so much that He is willing to downgrade Himself to a mere human form, come and live as a human Come and die as a human in order for him to have a relationship with us. Especially when mankind treats him the way the world does today. By denying the story of Jesus Christ. Denying his birth. Trying to get rid of Christmas out of everything. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus. This is Paul praying here from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, not our own love, God's love, first the love He has for us and then now we loving one another, so that you... Um, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It started with His birth. I think the highlight of of, of, of opening Christmas presents for any parent is to watch the expression on their children's face as they unwrap that special gift that was picked out just for them. I think the highlight for any person who, who gives something to someone else, a gift to someone else, is to see their expression, their reaction as they open, as they unwrap that gift. Some people do it nicely. Some people just rip it open. Um, some people say, no, I want to use this paper for next year. <laughs> I see some people say, yes, but I'm not going to point them out. 
So in case you get a gift from that person, know that that paper was recycled. <laughs> Going green, yeah. Um, I think all parents wants to wants wants to get their kids a good and perfect gift. It makes parents feel good to give good gifts. It makes one the 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 giver. It makes them feel good to give something away that's going to help that person. Now, what kind of feeling do you think God gets whenever one of His children opens a gift that He gave to them? Imagine the feeling God gets when someone accepts the gift of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in their lives. Imagine the. The, the, how ecstatic he might, might be if we as parents, as people who likes to give things, already feel good. Imagine how God feels when this happened. Is it possible for any child to leave a gift unopened, which is theirs? It is impossible. You have to fight them off since Christmas Eve because they keep on going back and forth, looking under the tree, taking stock, making sure there was nothing new added, making sure there was nothing taken away. You fight them off because you, you need to keep them away because, you know, some kids even will slowly but surely just open just to see a little, make a hole in the, in the wrapping paper just to see what's in there because they can't keep themselves and it's not even time to open the gifts anymore. I remember as a child as well, I did exactly the same thing. Go and look back and forth and go and see if there's not more presents added or taken away or, or however um, what is happening under the Christmas tree and make sure I, I know uh, how many has my name on as a child. Yet to this day, there remains an unopened gift to the world from the Heavenly Father. His name is Jesus Christ. And because we are so excited to give gifts away, the challenge for the church in the 21st century especially when, when, when it seems like everyone is opposed to Christianity, is to share this gift all the more to the people in our world, to the unbelievers in our world. The more they try and hide this gift of Jesus, the more we have to bring it out and give it away and share it with everyone and anyone we come our, 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 that comes across our path. Because it's an unopened gift and if we don't share it, there's no use. A Christmas gift has no value if it's just under the tree. It can lay there the whole year around. There's no value in it. Because the value comes when you open it and you actually start using what you've, what you've received. That's where the value of the gift comes. And so when you as a born-again believer, as a Christian, only come to church and go home and come to church and you don't share this gift with anyone, there's no value in this. There's no value in your faith because you, why don't you want to share? We only share valuable things with people, with one another. God desires for all of us to be friends with Him. He doesn't want anyone to be without this gift of salvation. Luke chapter 15 verse 7 says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who needs no repentance. There will be much more joy in heaven over one person who receives the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ 
than 99 people who's okay with coming to church. It's not my words. It's the word of Jesus. We are still able to celebrate the birth of our Savior in this country for now. You will see things will are busy starting to untangle very quickly. We are in for rough times as Christians. We will be asked to compromise the truths of God's word to accept things that are ungodly and unholy in the name of being tolerant to other people. We must stand strong in God now and forever. Be holy as He is holy and accept and keep on accepting this gift which He gave us 2,000 years ago. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Part of God's gift to us is to have God's Spirit living with us, within us, diminishing our flesh and increasing Christ in us. Here then, we see the gift of God to the sinner, and the gift from God to the believer, which is His Holy Spirit. To the sinner, it brings him to salvation. To the believer, he tabernacles, he lives within the believer. Luke chapter 11 verse 13, I'm reading out of the Message Bible. It says, if your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give the Holy Spirit to you when you ask Him? And so then, if you have never opened this free gift of salvation, He invites you today, whether you are listening to us online, whether you are here, don't delay, do it now. None of us are promised for tomorrow. And if you haven't received his gift of the Holy Ghost, he invites you to unwrap that present this morning. Remember, he's very keen to give this to you. Without the power of the Holy Ghost, life will be harder than it has to be. Christmas will be over by the end of today, but his gift of love to you and to me will never, ever end. Remember that without the birth of Jesus and without Christmas, we would never have received the gift of salvation and we would never have been considered friends with God. And that is what would have happened if there was no Christmas. And while we are sitting and pondering and thinking about this, I want us to get our communion ready. Um, are there anyone who did not receive? Please just raise your hand if you did not receive uh, communion. So it's like a little, little package like this. Just raise your hand. Someone will come around and, and give you some now. Uh, Braylon? So everyone's got brilliant. Oh. You're in front still. Alrighty, so everyone's got communion. I want to read for you as in light of Jesus' birth, 
and celebrating Christmas. I mean, if, if there was no, no birth, we wouldn't have had communion. Share in his body, share in his blood. I want to read for you again Paul reading. It's Paul writing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He says the following. <laughs> for I've received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took his bread, he took the bread, and he broke it. And when he had given thanks, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death when he comes. Again, it takes me back as, as we think and as we meditate and as we ponder on this. We'll have an opportunity now to, to, to eat uh, and, and to partake in this. Just think about it. If, if, if there was no birth, there couldn't have been a death. There couldn't have been a resurrection. And as we partake in the Lord's community, as we ponder this, what the bread means and what the blood, the wine means, we do it in the light of His death, His resurrection, and His return. But we are also thinking of the fact that He was born for us, this gift that came for us. So I'm going to ask you to open the bread. I'm going to ask my brother uh, uh, Errol, um, do you mind coming and just um, praying a prayer of blessing as we partake in the communion? Um, uh, Martin, uh, can we borrow your mic, please? Love and gracious God, what a joy it is to be in your presence today, Father. Yes, Lord. As we remember, you left the glories of heaven to be with us, destined for the cross that we could be saved. Thank you, Father, that as we partake of the Holy Communion, we remember what you did for us on that glorious day, Father. You took on all the curses. You took on all our sickness. You took everything that was due to the fall of man. And we inherit, Father, what you created us to be, your children, blessed in your presence, partaking of you, healed, delivered, Father, living in victory. And with boldness we can say, Father, that we are the head and not the tail. By the stripes of Jesus Christ we are healed. We have all spiritual blessings, Father. Every blessing we speak into our lives, all because Jesus died on the cross. What was meant for us, Father, he carried it all. And even now as we partake of it, help us to remember, Father, who we are in Christ. We're not defeated. We're not broken. Father, we're not lost. Our identity is in Christ. We are seated with him in heavenly places. And your word declares and says, all enemies are under the foot of Jesus. And I pray, Father, today, whatever problems that anybody's going through here this evening, whether it's sickness, financial problems, whatever it is, Father, that as we partake of this communion, to remember our victory is in Jesus and nothing is greater than him. We praise and glorify your Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen Amen and amen. Uh, has everyone got their bread out? Let's partake. Let's eat the Lord's communion. Again, he said, when he given, he broke the bread and he said, 
This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, so you can open your cup, after supper, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then finally, he says in verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so when we do this, we are proclaiming that he died. He rose again and he's coming for us one day. Amen. Jamila, over to you.